Who are the next coaches in waiting yep. and who are the best fullbacks that you've seen? This guy is our guest and he has certainly been one of them. An absolute steal. He's part of the father-son rule mm-hmm. at Geelong and hasn't been that a ripper mm-hmm. for them down there. 45th selection in in 1997. Uh, he played in three premierships, 2007, 09 and 11. Six-time All-Australian club champion in 2003. Played 284 games for the Cats. Hello, Matty Scarlett. How are you guys? You're going well. Brad Hardy and Kim Agdorn with you. Great to have you aboard, mate. And uh, tell us firstly about your background as a kid growing up and obviously father's son. Your father, John, played for Geelong. Tell us a little bit about his story as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. He um, he, he played for Geelong. It's funny enough, I ended up a, a strong Essendon supporter, which is <laughs> uh, a really odd story. I'll get to that. But yeah, I grew up in Geelong and um, like most kids, I just love sport. So played all the sports, footy and, and cricket and basketball and um, obviously just enjoyed getting outside and, and playing with my mates. So I think I was, I was about uh, five or six years old and I was, I was, I was a Geelong supporter at this stage. And the yeah, old man used to take me down to Kingia Park and watch, watch Geelong every week. And um, one day, Essendon happened to beat Geelong and then I switched teams. So <laughs> then I, was, I was a really, really staunch Essendon supporter up until um, the day I got drafted. So the old man wasn't too happy. Um, he, he obviously played quite a bit of footy for Geelong, but... Um, I got to see a few grand final wins from Essendon, so yeah, I had a really good childhood. Well, how ironic! I mean, because you, you were drafted, as you said, at 90, in '97, you played it, your first game in the last round of '98. Who did you line up on? Yeah, Matty Lloyd. Yeah, one of my um, <laughs> idols growing up. So um, I remember sitting on the bench and um, coming on at quarter time and, and playing on Lloydie and um, all these guys that I'd, I'd been watching um, every week. James Herb was out there, Gary O'Donnell all my heroes, so um, I ended up playing my second game against Essendon as well, so obviously I went on to have um, pretty good rivalry with, with Matty Lloyd and played on him many times, and uh, nothing but respect for Lloydie. Matthew, Kim Hagdorn is my name, and you probably think, well, oh, I've heard of you, but because, <laughs> and I've covered footy for 39 years, um, you were always regarded as a bit of a reclusive, and I, I can remember a couple of times, you know, saying, can I speak to Matty Clark, Scarlett? No, 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 he doesn't do interviews and so on. But your reputation <laughs> since you've become a coach is quite contrary to being a bit reclusive because all the talk is that you're an outstanding coach and your communication qualities with your players and your other coaching uh, sort of colleagues uh, is quite contrary to what I say about you being a quiet player. Were you a bit more sort of outgoing and, and robust behind the scenes than perhaps some oh. of us thought? Um, only after a few beers I was. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I was really shy and still quite, quite shy um, growing up. And once I started playing footy, all I wanted to do was just play footy and avoid the, I guess, media spotlight. Mm, so mm, mm. I, I didn't have any real interest in, um, I guess, trying to pump up my personal brand or do interviews or any of that stuff. It was, wasn't that I had anything against the media. It was just, yeah, I was quite shy and I, I didn't really enjoy doing the media side of things. So, um I guess now being a little bit more confident and understanding that, you know, the media plays a, a really big part in our game, I'm happy to pretty much talk to anyone now. But just playing, I just wanted to play and then and then really go home. We had enough guys in our team that, mm. that were self-promoters and loved doing the media like Andrew Mackey and those boys. So I left it up to them. To win a club champion award in 2003 as a defender must have been really special. Too hard these days, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I think we, we really struggled, I think, that year as a team. So I just... I, Remember at the start of the year, the ball just kept coming down, and not a lot of not a lot of midfield pressure. So I just thought, look, it's going to be a long year, and going to have plenty of opportunities to, I guess, state my name as, as a really good AFL defender. So I looked at it as a pretty good opportunity. So 
Um, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good year for me. But back then, we weren't weren't travelling that well as a team. You appeared to have a good team on paper, didn't you? But the game was played on grass. We know that. But what happened in two thousand and seven? There was a was there a tipping point moment where earlier in the season you might have got knocked over and. Uh, I think the leading teams of the day is called Twitter, but did you have a leading teams type um, scenario yeah. down at Geelong that year? Yeah, we did. It was, it was at the end of '06. We had a pretty pretty ordinary year in '06. A lot of a lot of things went um, went wrong. Um, so we had had a really good look at ourselves as players. I know our coach Mark Thompson was under quite a lot of pressure at the end of that year, but I think it was it was just a player shift. Really, some of the older guys, like myself included. Um, just so I guess we had to grow up. We were we enjoyed having a, a, a few beers back then, and probably too many beers. So we weren't probably the ultimate professional team. So it was going into 2007. We already made some significant adjustments with our, with our, I guess our preparation off field and with our game style and stuff. So um, I think we had a had a pretty bad loss to North Melbourne um, at home. And I remember sitting in the rooms after that game, and I think for some reason walking out. Of that we had a meeting after the game. It seemed like a different meeting. It wasn't another one of those meetings where we were just going, "Oh shit!" So that language, <laughs> we just had a, had a meeting. Something clicked within that group. Um, it was like um, magic dust got sprayed all over us that game. We went out and absolutely pants Richmond the next week. And I remember after about three or four more weeks of playing really good footy, we just start to build that that confidence in our in our game plan and um, with each other and. I think the big thing as well was relationship building um, in that team. There was quite a lot of fractured relationships and not a lot of respect um, within the group. So we worked on that a lot as well, which ultimately helped us down the road. I believe Gary Abbott Jr. got us barrel. Did did he? And, and did you? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I copped, there was me, um, me, Cameron Mooney, and uh, Gary Ablett. So wow. Williams, uh, I don't know if you remember. In '06, was very undisciplined. He was he was getting reported every. Mm-hmm. Every time he was out on the park, but I guess no one was really pulling into line, and we sort of looked at it as a bit of a joke. So Gary got uh, a bit of a whack for being lazy and not really training too hard. We we saw the potential in Gary, but he he refused to train really hard. So we we sat him down out, out in front of the group and spoke about we think you can be um, our Chris Judd was what we said. We mm. he went on to be as as good as player as Juddy and probably better. So. And I copped the whack for um, socialising too much and probably not giving enough of myself to my teammates. They were a little bit scared of the way I acted around them. Um, so I had to open myself up and, and become a better teammate. Mm. Extraordinary confessions there, Matthew. Uh, you've been through some, some ups and downs and some experiences and, and been you know, pointed out as someone who perhaps needed to pull his head in and, and then make the most of what your group could and then from 2007 onwards you win three of the next what five what, how much has that contributed to your um, decision to become a coach and then once as an ex-player what's the ideal pathway for someone who's been through that your sorts of ups and downs to then into coaching and perhaps even toward a senior coaching appointment yeah uh, to the first part of your question you know, even uh, 2012 so the year I retired mm-hmm. I still wasn't quite sure that I'd that I wanted to be a coach. Actually, I was, I was pretty sure that I didn't want to be a coach. Um, so I'd, re- I'd retired um, at the end of that year, and mm-hmm. um, Brendan McCartney, um, really good mentor and, I guess, um, really strong um, person in my life, uh, was coaching up at the Western Bulldogs and um, kept phoning me saying, would you like to come up and help part-time? And I told him about five or six times, no, I have no <laughs> interest in, in coaching, so I don't... 
he kept at me. He kept at me. And in the end, I only went up there because I felt like I had Brendan um, for most of my career. He was unbelievable for me, a great influence. So I only decided to do it, um, I guess, just to give him a little bit back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Went up to a new club. It felt quite awkward, obviously, being at Geelong for, for so long and walking into a new environment. Um, but the more I did it, the more I started to enjoy it. I, I worked um, quite closely with um, Jordan Roughhead up there, who, who was a ripper kid. Um, he was playing in defence that year, and I just started to really enjoy working with these these young guys and having a little bit of influence on them. Um, so that's where that's why um, I'm, I'm still coaching today, because I, I chose to go up there and, and help Macca, but I had no interest in coaching um, even the day I retired. So... Um, I played a couple of years local footy as well, and then coached them. And this the more I've, the more I've done it, the more I do it, the more experience I get. I just love love having a, a I guess a positive influence on on young men that are trying to achieve something special in their life. And I feel very fortunate the career I, I had and a lot of positive people around me. So I'm just trying to be a positive um, influence for all these young guys coming through today. So to the second part, I'm not I'm not sure of the exact pathway. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to get a, a senior coaching role is um, obviously very hard. And there's a lot of assistant coaches in the competition that probably don't even want to be a senior coach. I'm not exactly sure. There's a heap of courses and heap of different pathways you can go down. But until you get in that seat, I don't think you can be ready for what's coming because it's a it's it is a, an enormous job. Speaking with Triple Premiership player for the Cats, Matthew Scarlett. Matty, just before we leave that bit. Um, as part-time as opposed to full-time, we're talking about soft caps next year. We're talking about staff reductions. Mm. It's much easier, isn't it? And it's much more important that you work with these young blokes that you're trying to influence, as you just said, on a full-time basis. It's terribly difficult, is it, to to be a consultant or a part-timer? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you got to you got to be there and, and build those relationships with those guys pretty much every day. We spend an enormous amount of time. I know I do with with all the guys in my back line and built some great relationships with those guys and um, it's probably 80 or 90% relationship based and then the rest of it's footy really um, so if we're not at the club as much it's going to be really hard to, to get the most out of these players so look hopefully it's it's not affected too much I understand um, there's going to be big financial cuts in the AFL industry but hopefully it doesn't affect the players that's what, that's what I'm worried about. Matthew Scarlett, we spoke last week with Ken Hunter and, and he, someone just, we marvelled at how brave he was and some of the things he did. And, and I reckon you're very similar to that. Really brave, stand with a pack at your back and, and spoil and destroy and run and play, play injured, all those sorts of things. But something that every time you mention Matthew Scarlett, I reckon everyone thinks of is the famous toe poke moment. In the mm-hmm. 2009 yeah. grand final, you come through centre circle, toe poke to Gary Ablett Jr. and away you go. Scores were level at 67 points each. Come on, Scala, who were you channelling? Was it Pelé, Maradona, <laughs> Ronaldo? Oh, well, at, at the time I did it, I didn't realise. It was so instinctive. It was, yeah, exactly right. Um, looking looking at the replays, it could have it could have been disastrous. But I still don't know <laughs> why I did it. The ball just sat up nicely. So obviously it's an instinct game at... Ball to set up. I think I was really lucky. Obviously, the ball went into Gary Ablett's hands and he kicked it down top of the square. An unbelievable contest from Moons and mm. Maxi Brook. And then um, Travi Varco, clean hands to Chappie, who kicked one of his unbelievable snaps. So I think what happened after the toe poke was a really good bit of football and um, probably got lucky in the end because it would have been quite embarrassing if I messed that one up. Sorry, I was just going to say, it's a little bit of a precursor to an extensive... Uh, extending the question, though, uh, Maddie Scarlett, is that 
now that you're a coach, <laughs> you know, how do you encourage those things or discourage some of those instinctive moments? Uh, what sort of coach are you for those sorts of an- antics and actions? Oh, it's, it's quite hard, that one. Obviously, you want the, play, the players to play with flair and mm. um, to back themselves, but if they keep trying things that they can't do, you probably pull them into line a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. You don't want to coach them too much either. I mean, these guys on AFL lists have got wonderful talent, so you want them to be able to display that. But I guess it's about execution as well. You need to be able to execute it at the highest level. So it's a fine balance. Matty, Andrew of Duncraig's uh, rung in off air and is, is loving this. He's obviously a Geelong man. So, But as you know, we're a West Australian radio station, so it's Fremantle and West Coast. Every West Coast supporter applauds you. Every Fremantle <laughs> supporter wants to know, why did you punch <laughs> Hayden Ballantyne? Um, oh, look, he's... Probably had it coming to him for a while. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, I had nothing against him. I loved the way he played footy and uh, one of those guys that I wish he was in our team. Um, yeah, admired the way he went about it. But I think personally I was having a pretty average game. Um, sometimes my emotions spilled over the top as it did that game. So it was amazing after the game. I, I had about 100 messages from people all over Australia that I didn't know and 99% of them were thanking me and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I even had a West Coast supporter send me a brand new watch. So um, <laughs> it was amazing. It was not, obviously not the right thing to do and um, you want to be a better role model for, for the kids out there. So just the emotion spilled over in that game, but um, nothing against Hayden. Yeah, I love the way he went about it. We're not being mischievous. Would you like to coach at a senior level now that you've had a real good taste of it? Oh, look, the honest answer is I'm still unsure, so I'm certainly not in, in a rush to, to get into a position like that. So, like I spoke about before, there's just so much to learn and uh, just trying to be really patient, still trying to become a really good assistant coach, to be honest. So, there's some days you look at that job and you think you'd love to do it, and then there's other days you think, no, there's no way I want to, want to be in that chair, but still unsure is, is the honest answer. I saw your record, 284 games. Everybody remembers you playing full-back. Rod Tilt Carter for Swans, he kicked one goal. <laughs> now, you kicked 17. What were you doing? You were on holidays down there, were you? What yeah, was going on? I, I was, yeah. I remember Tilt play. He was, he was great. Um, oh, look, I, I, I liked getting up the ground a little bit and attacking. So I think about half of those goals come when I was at full-back, and then there was a few games where I got, got swung forward and, and managed to kick a few goals. So I played forward most of my junior career up until um, under 18, so... I didn't mind playing up there. A couple of quick ones. Your most annoying teammate? Most annoying teammate? Um, oh, Stevie Johnson was annoying. Because <laughs> he was so good? <laughs> he was so good, yeah, but he's just um, always up and about. Just He never had a downtime. He was a wonderful player, Stevie, wasn't he? And I was uh, sending him some messages last night asking how, how Buddy Franklin was going. Hopefully he's tracking her right. But unbelievable player Stevie was. And who, who's, who was the frugal one? Who was the one that could never put their hand in their pocket? Uh, David Wojcicki was, was <laughs> very known as quick. That man. <laughs> yeah, didn't have to think about <laughs> that one too long. He once <laughs> rode, rode a bike about forty kilometres to go out for dinner because he had no petrol. <laughs> second year, so <laughs> fantastic. Hey, Scarlo, thanks for your time, mate. We really appreciate you walking down memory lane with us. Uh, a magnificent career, three premierships, uh, six-time All Australian. You must be super, super proud. Good luck in the future. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Matthew. Matthew Scarlett.